It's Monday, December 13th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about Friday's tornado outbreak, the Jesse Smollett trial verdict, Kamala Harris's approval ratings, and California's attempt to ban assault weapons. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. Over the weekend, a tornado outbreak spread across eight states in southern and midwestern regions of the country. This included Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Ohio, and Tennessee. So far, there are 90 confirmed deaths, 80 of which came from Kentucky, from a tornado that traveled over 200 miles. The aftermath has seen tens of thousands of residents without power and the damage or destruction of countless buildings. Over the weekend and still today, rescue efforts are still underway looking for possible survivors. The devastation is so severe and widespread that some are calling this possibly the largest tornado outbreak in the country's history. President Biden offered quick assistance to those states that have so far asked for it. I also, and apparently it has just been announced, but I also approved the emergency declaration that was requested a couple of hours ago by Governor Bashir of Kentucky. That's going to accelerate federal emergency assistance for Kentucky right now when it's urgently needed. And I stand ready to do the same for the governors of the other states, and I've made it clear to them if they request emergency declarations. I've also requested that FEMA offer additional federal resources, including help with temporary housing where homes have been wiped out or too badly damaged to live in. And I also asked FEMA director to let the states know what they may not be aware of what they may be entitled to because they don't necessarily know all that's available from the federal end. We're going to continue to receive, I personally am receiving regular updates, and my staff is continuing to reach out to the mayors, the county officials, and other local leaders in these states affected by the tornadoes. And my heart goes out. I was told that earlier this morning that one of the, uh, uh, the equivalent of a county executive, one of the folks in Kentucky, uh, was lost in this uh, tornado. I want folks in all these states to know we're going to get through this, we're going to get through this together, and the federal government is not going to walk away. This is one of those times when we aren't Democrats or Republicans. Sounds like hyperbole, but it's real. We're all Americans. We stand together as United States of America. And so I say to all the victims, you're in our prayers, and all those first responders, emergency personnel, and everyone helping their fellow Americans, that this is the right thing to do at the right time, and we're going to get through this. The trial of actor Jesse Smollett came to a conclusion last week after a jury found him guilty of five counts of filing false police reports. Back in 2019, Smollett, who is a gay black man, claimed that he had been the victim of a hate crime, saying that he had been attacked by two men wearing MAGA hats who spouted homophobic and racist slurs while pouring bleach on him, as well as tying a noose around his neck. Ultimately, an investigation revealed details that started to point to the attack being staged. For example, the incident took place on an early January morning in Chicago, when Smollett was returning home from grabbing food. Critics pointed out that it was suspicious for such a targeted attack to happen during the freezing winter weather, when most people don't even go outside during these hours. Also, the investigators thought it was odd that Smollett still had the noose on when they arrived to his home hours later. 
but the biggest evidence was when the police found and interrogated the attackers, who revealed that they had been hired by Smollett to stage the attack. The two men were brothers, who knew the actor after acting as extras on his TV show Empire. They claimed that Smollett wanted to ignite attention after being satisfied with his salary from the show. Apparently, they conducted practice runs of the attack, and the idea was to have it captured on street cameras, which ultimately failed as they were facing the wrong directions. The jury heard both sides, with Smollett maintaining his innocence to this day. A sentencing has yet to be set, but is expected in upcoming months. Vice President Kamala Harris and her political performance this year in office has been under a microscope in the last few months and is making headlines again this week as several staff members announced their departures from her team. Just in the last month, two high-profile team members have resigned, her communications director and also her spokesperson. This is in addition to other resignations from earlier in the year. The staffers are saying that they're leaving for reasons unrelated to the vice president, but critics can't help but point out the trend. Much of the critical press coverage from both sides of the political aisle refer to internal claims of dysfunctional work environments. Reports are saying that Harris apparently tends to not familiarize herself with briefings, which frustrates staff when she doesn't perform well in interviews and meetings. There's also disapproval of her lack of progress on her agenda, like tackling the immigration crisis at the southern border that she was tasked with earlier in the year. Defenders of Harris, including administration staffers, say the criticism is rooted in racism and sexism, considering that she is the first female person of color to be voted into high office. But Harris' approval ratings are currently quite low, even with the public, with a USA Today Suffolk poll putting her at an approval rating of 28% and disapproval rating at 51%. The likability of the vice president is particularly important at the moment, with President Biden recently turning 79 years old. And with the speculations about his health and abilities, many eyes are on Harris, who would become president should anything happen to President Biden, or would be the frontrunner in 2024 if Biden decided against re-election. California Governor Gavin Newsom announced that he plans to enforce a ban on assault weapons using the same legal tactics just passed in Texas for banning most abortions. Texas is currently utilizing a unique strategy to limit abortions. What they're doing is instead of making abortion a criminal crime, which federal law prevents, it's opening them up for civil cases instead, which means that private citizens, instead of law enforcement authorities, could sue those in violation. Well, now Newsom wants to do the same thing to stop the manufacturing, distribution, and selling of assault weapons in California. This legal strategy in general is still being analyzed by federal courts and legal experts as the legitimacy has yet to be determined. Regardless of the legality, though, many politicians and law experts have warned of the slippery slope effect of essentially allowing states to curtail federal law. It would take months, if not a year or so, to get a bill like this passed, so it'll be some time before we know any outcome. Today is Monday, December 13th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, 
Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode. And leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you, so if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at The News Diet or directly to my email, feedback at thenewsdiet.com.